1: National Soccer Podcast, and we've got a special guest with us. Thank you so much for the patience. We've been gone for a little while, but, you know, we're recording on a Tuesday. We're getting for you on a Wednesday special. Um, Jaime Cardenas is back. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, what's been going on with National SC and MLS, but, of course, what we will expect from MLS and National SC and its return in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. And then, of course, we'll have a great time. Having a chat with a special guest who will be representing the assembly, the roadies, and just Nashville soccer and Nashville SC fandom. Guys, welcome back to the show. many
0: Cardinals. we we'll want to start with you
1: because
0: we have not heard from you in quite some time. How are we doing? Hey man, That means so- social uh, isolation or distancing is working. Uh, yes, I've been I've been stuck at home for seven weeks now, uh, and uh, just trying to do what I can to. Her trying to find the curve. it's great to be back to me right awesome awesome nick what, what's going on producer
1: nick is in the building
2: literally in the building
1: literally in the building yes we are recording this episode remotely well that is the two of us and then featuring our special guest who will be bringing on shortly but as of right now producer nick is in the newsroom
2: drake how are Whoa. you doing
1: Hey, man, I'm good. I'm great. You know, I've gotten a chance in this time, of course. I'm no longer at Newfound Stadium. I'm not at in Room watching training. And I'm not in the newsroom. So, you know, what am I doing? You know, I'm just making sure that uh, I'm portioning my snacks. I'm a snacker, man. Like, I, you know, I, in, in, in a day, I can really, I can obliterate my entire snack cabinet. So I'm just making sure that, you know, I'm limiting my trips to the grocery store. I'm staying home. I'm getting my workouts in, but you know, most certainly still covering the team, been able to, to write some stuff. And if you haven't read about what we're doing uh, right now at the Tennessee, and go check out Tennessee.com and Nashville SC. Uh, we've got some stories. to have got a chance to talk with pretty much most of the roster and getting a, getting a little bit of a perspective on what guys like Hani Mukhtar is doing, uh, guys like Randall Leal, Bram Nicholas. Uh, Daniel Lovitz, Jackson McCarty—all those guys have been featured on in our coverage in the past month. So yeah, Nick, I've been busy, man. I, I've, I've, you know, I've I've gotten a chance to step outside the soccer circle a little bit, but of course, you know, I'm I'm staying ground and, and keeping everything locked soccer.
2: And, and don't let him confuse you. There have been days where we, I have been in the newsroom throughout the day with him with Drake. And he's asked me about four times whether or not he's – if I'm ready to eat a meal. So he says he's sure. a snacker. I think he eats four meals a day. I'm not sure which one of those are necessarily you know what? most accurate. I can
1: agree to this when I am fresh out of the grocery store. Because, of course, I mean, being a snacker, but sometimes those portions don't add up. You know, I think I'm going on a Saturday grocery store trip. You know, Sunday through about Thursday is really good. And then when Friday and Saturday the next week come, you know – I'm like, oh, man, I'm running out of my chocolate-covered almonds. What's going on here? You know what I'm saying? I I can be pretty healthy, you know? I eat healthy. So I try to get – I try to go to the Live Naturally section in Kroger and make sure that, you know, I'm not picking up a couple pounds. You know, I don't want to be coming back to the newsroom, you know, in a different shape. You know, just like the players, I'm trying to stay fit, too. You feel me? I guess. Okay, okay. So, once again, we do have a special guest, and – You know, if I I must say, I mean, this guy has got a rap sheet that has, you know, it's pretty impressive when it comes to supporting, you know, what we know as a Nashville soccer, a Nashville SC fandom, just before, before the MLS season kicked off. I mean, he's got a wall full of scarves. He's got his own studio. He's even his own podcast. You know, his name is Chris Morazzo, co-host of the Tailgate Show, and he's on our show right now. So, we get a chance to talk with him, member of the assembly, one foot there, his right foot with the roadie. Chris, how are we doing today? Happy pandemic, gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is sunny outside here, you know, at Nashville, so we got to get a chance to appreciate the weather, even if we fall inside. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Jaime and, and producer Nick, you know, we're, us three, we're excited to have you on, Chris. And just to get a little more of an insight on what's going on with. Nashville, fc fans right now uh what have you been what have you been doing you know what what's it like you know being able to follow this team up until you know mid-march and now all of a sudden you're having to quiet your fandom a little bit yeah it's like a, it's like hitting a huge speed bump right i mean you're super excited to get going and then as soon as you get there now it's time to get over this thing already so i mean you know that's number one you got to get through this i mean once this is over we're we're trying to get back there you know, and I guess the question, like, on everyone's mind is, how are we going to get back there? In what capacity? You know, I mean, are we coming back with just partial people, no people? So I think I think that's probably the biggest thing, you know, not knowing. Not knowing always sucks, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there is a bit of a, I guess, mystery in that, but, of course, you know, safety first. But, hey, Chris, might, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your connection to Nashville SD. Uh, we talked off-air about you know your ties with the assembly and uh, the roadies, but give us a little bit more about, you know, where, are you from Nashville, and how did you get involved with Nashville FC? this, that, and so? Absolutely. I,
0: you know, I've only been
1: here. Uh, this is only going to be my second season with Nashville SC. Um, I moved here last year. I was a big Fort Lauderdale Strikers fan um, back in the NASL days. So, um, you know, huge fan of, of soccer since back then and always followed that team. And then when I moved to Nashville, even before I moved here, I had already become a member of the assembly and the roadies. I was dying to get here just as an outsider looking in and just following their Facebook and, and their Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And they just got you so excited to be there. You wanted to be there. Uh, I was missing that so much in South Florida, you know, after the NASL folded Uh, There was no football down there for us, so I was jonesing, and I I was already, you know, injecting myself into their culture, uh, you know, before I even got here. Um, Then I moved here, and I I just met the greatest people. I mean, you know, you always hear, all people in Tennessee are so nice. Well, they kind of are, you know. Uh, They're just nice, super nice people, and they just, you know, wrap their arms around you and bring you in. I mean, if if you're a decent person – you walk up to any of those tailgates; those people are just—they're gold. They're absolute gold. I mean, I know you—you probably taking a look at this guy's studio. I mean, I just—I just feel like there's got to be something unique. There's got to be something creative about how you're staying sane, how you're staying soccer sane. Now, talking about talking about what a day looked like, you know, what a match day looked like for you, and what does a Saturday look like for you now? Obviously, it's staying at home, but. Specifically, yeah, it's easy. Once heaven, once hell. Um, it's you know, listen, you, you, you wake up on Saturday in the morning and you're just you're pumped. I mean, you just know from you know, it's Christmas Eve Friday and it's Christmas morning Saturday, Saturday morning. You know what's coming, you can't wait. Shaking the box, you're ready to get in there. Uh, me, it's, it's always you know, leaving early. Especially when you're tailgating, man, because that's why it's called the tailgate show. You know, this is this is what I fell in love with. I mean, I love the sport. Don't get me wrong, but the supporters in soccer are like no other group you've ever met in your life. They are passionate, fun. I mean, we get to these matches. You know, by three o'clock, the latest. You know, um, and that's set up time, hangout time, and that's four hours of hanging out with some of the greatest people you've ever met in your life, and i got to give a quick shout to the two boys on the tailgate show, Mold and Toby, uh, those two guys, all the rest of those people, it, it's just unbelievable how, how great of a, of a feeling it is. Now, you brought up the scarves in the studio. You know, I, I did this tailgate show for six years down in Florida about Strikers um, and Boca and Miami FC after Strikers folded. We did it about other teams, local teams. Um, when I got here, like like I'm doing your podcast, there was there's another par- podcast called Pharmaceutical. There's this guy on there, Steven, who I told him I wanted to bring the podcast here, and instead of trying to be like, uh, well, you know, that you're be my competition or something, he hooked me up with two of the greatest people, and the two people he gave me wound up being my new host here in Nashville and have been two of my closest friends uh, and just have had the greatest times with. All right, so what does it look like now? and What's going on with, you know, the assembly and the roadies? Are you guys staying connected? Or, you know, what's going on in your schedule? How are you guys still trying to, to be that supporters group, even if it is remotely and without any MLS matches? Well, I'd have to say, listen, social media without it, right, it'd be weird. It'd be weird. I mean, the connection that you keep up with people is, is great. Uh, there have been, and, uh, you know, they did it for me. Uh, a couple of people came over for my birthday, you know, even though it was pandemic, they drove by and dropped something off on my doorstep. You know what I'm saying? I've seen pictures of them doing it for other people, uh, you know, going, you know, doing it in a parking lot where, with the, with the tailgates open, you know, they they take that extra step to stay involved, stay with you, make sure, you know, they got your back. And and you know what's so funny is, well not funny, but to roll into tornado into pandemic, and I've never seen so many roadies and assembly going out of their way to help and do whatever it takes to make sure another supporter or another Nashvillian is safe and and you know is doing okay. So give me an example of you know how you know these. Basically, there's families, right? I mean, t- give me an example of you know what what's been going on. Do you guys have Zoom happy hours, or you know how how are you guys continuing that even after the, the tornado effect and, and during this pandemic? Yeah, yeah. FaceTime's been uh, FaceTime's been pretty cool. I, listen, I've gone to extreme. You know, uh, that's me. You see my studio. I'm an extremist. Uh, I, I set up. I, we bought a tripod. I have an iPad. We set up a full little studio, basically for. How I can converse with friends. I got the cool backdrop of all my scarves on the wall. And I How many scarves do you have? How many scarves do you have? It's got to be like, oh, 30? 30. 30 would be my guess. Yes, yeah, probably somewhere around there. And listen, I stole this idea. I wish it was mine. Uh, curtain rods. You hang curtain rods in, on your wall, and then you loop them over only halfway so you can see the scarf. And you just, it's, and, and listen, and it's a great. Great double thing because, and you know, with all those scarves on that wall, when you have a studio, the carpet on the floor and that on the walls, it sucks up all the echo. You know what I mean? It gives you, you know, a better sound, too. I I see. see see. see. Co host of The Tailgate Show, Chris Morazzo. I mean, what's your take, man? I mean, we've got MLS who are currently in a way where ESPN first reported and the league basically confirmed it that. You know, they're not expecting a return until sometime after June eighth. Do you think that's accurate? And do you do you think that we're gonna see, you know, yourself and the assembly and the roadies back at National S C matches? I mean, what's your take on uh, uh, your 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 return of your team and, and how is it gonna look? I would I would recommend to National S C to bring double security that first match. So I think people will be out of their minds. They're gonna come running out of their houses. With coolers on their shoulder and just running to the stadium, they're going to be dying to get there. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like we've never had it before. I think people will be so. Oh, Where's what that What's the word? Bent up or you know? They're, they're going to be they're they're going to burst. They're going to blow up. I mean, what's your, are you thinking June eighth is accurate? I mean, oh, uh, is, is, that, is that what's going to happen? Listen, I, I, I always get weirded out. Like, I think we should be always listening to the doctors, you know? I think the doctors go the most. If the doctors say it's safe to go and everybody's okay and, you know, we're not going to kill anybody, then I say we go. If they if they say, listen, it's dangerous, you might, you're going to hurt somebody, then, I, you know, I don't want to be, have that kind of responsibility. I don't want that on my back. All right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the show, the telegraph Show. I want to give you a, a nice little plug there. I mean, I, Oh, yeah. You, you talked about it being all about that, that game day experience, right? But you also mm-hmm. told me that it has a little bit of an intersection with the musical part, you know. Yeah, like, it, there's, there's, a, there's a show. It's more of a, a show, I should say, yeah. or a performance. It's, it's centered around that. I mean, get, tell me a story on or how that best comes out during the show. Sure. sure. We Well, listen, we um, we, we do a, a really awesome show. Like I said, it's a, you know, it's... It is more about the fun. I we I w- definitely cover the match. There's some X's and O's in there, but it's definitely not that X's and O overload. Uh, it's very, you know, about the party. It's, a- it's about having fun. Uh, what's always tied into tailgating and fun is music. And if, if you're in Music City, I mean, come on, that's, that's a- just a match in heaven right there. And we'll bring on singer songwriters um, that will perform live here in the studio and. It's amazing. I mean, we've had guys like uh, Nick Britt from Black Market Research. I mean, this kid you know, has a couple of albums. He was on tour. I mean, to have him playing live right in front of your face this close, I mean, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. So how does that work? Do you just sit them down and talk about natural speed after? Well, here, the, the attack on, the, on that usually is, like, if we don't have a match that week, you know what I'm saying? I try and work that music in. I mean, I'm not, you know, going into a home match with a big rival and music that week. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little uh, bit of all, more of an off week. So we usually do the first hour with them. And then the second hour, I always try and get them to stay, you know? And then and, and we start talking soccer, and we, we kind of get that outsiders looking in view from them. And it's super cool, you know, because, you know, we're all sitting here like, you know, we know everything, but yet you know, here's, there, there's people that live right next door to us that really don't know nothing about it, you know? And it's cool to hear how their take is and them hear our take. And, and I tell you, 99% of the time, they fall in love with it and they wind up coming to match. So it, it's got to work. I see, I see. Well, hey, man, just before we let you go, let us know what's going on in terms of possible plans with the assembly or the roadies the how they're going to be moving forward in this spring and this summer, whether it be virtually or or if if this thing gets better in in the foreseeable future, will they have anything planned um, to help out the community anyway? Wow. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I could – if I even commented on that, I I would be guessing. I really – yeah, you know what I mean? I have no idea what their plans are. I really don't. I think so so much is up in the air. I think it's really – Wait and see what the rule is, and get and let's get the most out of it. If they tell us, okay, you can come to the stadium, but it, you know it's got to be six feet apart, and everyone's going to the stadium and going six feet apart. If they say, okay, no fans, then they'll try and work. Can we, can we get away with watch parties? Maybe smaller watch parties at more bars. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it takes to be together and watch Nats, let's see, whether it be virtually or six feet away. These people and myself will find a way to be together and support that club. Chris Morazzo, co-host of the Tailgate Show, um, a diehard National FC fan, member of the Assembly, member of the Roadies. One foot on one side, one foot on the other. You can catch the Tailgate Show at lowercase the capital Tailgate Capital Show us. Uh, check it out. I'm sure he'll um, have something brewing up next um well thank you so much chris and uh absolutely stay home and stay safe hey listen just go to the tailgate show on the facebook and hit like the show will come to you every thursday all right thanks chris you got it guys later well that's pretty much going to be it for chris morazzo and our special guest we thank him for being able to come on plugged in the National soccer podcast we enjoyed him you heard his plug go check out the podcast guys I mean, we started off a little bit checking in, but I want to know what you guys have been up to. I mean, what's what's the deal?
0: What's
2: the soccer deal with you two? Let I'm blessed to have a football club in England who keeps uh, recording and putting out game, full games on YouTube, so I watched uh, Everton and Arsenal from 2014 last night. So I've just been browsing YouTube for. All sorts of, of games, whether it be football or, or uh, American football or what have you. So I, I'm, I'm just hanging in there. I've had the NFL draft that takes up a, a lot of my time, regardless of whether we're in sports season or not. And uh, that's pretty much been it. It's been uh, I've been keeping busy. That's for certain. I don't know about uh, Mr. Drake Hills. What do you, are well, you've you? You've
1: been you've been basically. You it's like you've been reliving the glory days of. Roberto
2: Martinez and David Moyes. Uh, Roberto Martinez, man, and uh, between that and and the first year of Ronald it Koeman, it, uh, it's it's uh, it's some good and some bad, and obviously they're they're only going to put the good on uh, their their team YouTube channel, which is good. Uh, certainly, plenty of bad memories from those few years, and uh, thankfully they're allowing me to still repress those.
0: I mean, YouTube has been great for that, by the way. It's, you know, one of the first broadcasted or, or old games I, I saw uh, on YouTube during this pandemic, during this self-isolation, was the uh, Liverpool Ace in the final from the UEFA um, yeah. Champions League. For that, that oh, game wow. Top game. Yeah, the UEFA game, And, yeah, it's, it's out there. It's on YouTube. That then led me to watch the 1995... Uh, uh, AFC Championship between Chargers and Steelers and now I'm starting to look at that uh, World Cup Finals that maybe are available there I mean, YouTube is great for a soccer fan right now
1: Yeah, YouTube really is I mean, ESPN I mean, there's been I haven't seen much but of course with Fox they've kind of replayed a lot of the MLS games but in terms of just soccer I think I peeped um, some some previous Champions League as well i was able to replay the '94 IX um, Champions League uh, final, and you know I think you know honestly I've been I've been taking it easy on replays because for me I, I, it just drives me nuts sometimes because it, it's, it's really a lower threshold. It, it's a small amount of the small taste that I have, so I I'm more geared towards you know the teams that obviously um, you know Leeds United on Amazon Prime or something like that. You know, obviously, Manchester City is on there too. You can watch that, you can watch Settle Until I Die on Netflix. So I'm going towards the TV show route. That's how I'm really staying on my soccer game. But, you know, of course, we're still we're still talking about National FC. We're still talking about MLS. So, Jaime, I'm going to ask you first. We're going to go to you because we have missed you dearly, my friend. We have missed you dearly. What is your take on MLS playing a full season? Is it possible?
0: Um, you know, of the uh, full season plan, I find it very, very hard. Um, not impossible, nothing not impossible, but uh, of all the different scenarios we been proposed, the one that I'm most interested in, I'm saying the one that's most likely or the one that would be the best to do, be, or whatever, the one I would think there'd be a lot of interest, or at least if we personally, is a tournament-style uh, tournament where you just line up all teams, Different bracket, and you just play your way to a champion, um, elimination style. Um, with a probably an elimination, uh, bracket so that everybody plays thing the same amount of game. Um, I think that route, I think was we'll floated around there, and I really enjoyed that one. That would drum up the most interest. How and when, and if there's fans of Sabians and all those things, that's for other people to discuss. But I think that, in my opinion, uh, i would find more interest in that and probably the scariest way because of the scheduling difficulties it's going to be to try to get everyone to play all these games you no know, I, I would agree partly
1: i think if i were to actually put it you know get get, get you know put some specifics on and i think that there's not going to be any games until after thanksgiving and i think that tournament would take place directly after the thanksgiving holiday and what's going to happen is there's got to be Central locations. There's got to be some sort of March Madness effect to this, you know. When you have regions, you have, you know, and then you advance by your region or or by the ranking according to the current, you know, I guess power rankings. Because how can you go? That'd be kind of tough, right? I mean, are you gonna just go rank the teams by their two results, by the only two matches that they play? That'd be kind of rough. So, I mean, even then, I guess you would, you know, put teams like. Into Miami, uh, of course, with you know, Orlando City and Atlanta United, and Nashville, and then you would have a region with, you know, obviously DC United, New York Red Bulls, NYCFC, and the like, uh, along with Philadelphia. You have regional, basically, tournaments that would feed into a greater tournament, which would be at another location. And also, obviously, you would be able to get, like you said, that tournament field, the tournament field, without necessarily having to, I guess, have extra games are non-necessary games, because really, this is, for me, I think this the biggest thing is trying to put out a product that is creating the revenue, that creates a champion, that somehow completes, quote-unquote, the season of 2020, uh, because it, it's, really, it's really a small window, in my opinion. I don't think that this virus is going to go away anytime soon, which obviously affects some other things, like revenue for clubs, and then. That subsequently affects, you know, payment for for, for for players and for the staff. I mean, this this has a big, it's a big detriment to not just one club but the entire league. And the only way to do that is to wait until there is the slightest possibility of playing in front of fans and having the slimmest and the most limited amount of games
0: possible in a tournament style. So I I completely agree. I would agree with that. The I, I so one cl- thing about it is that you have to toss aside revenue. There's just no way a sports team in 2020 is going to make up their projected revenue for this year. You just got to toss and not worry about revenue. And for a sport like soccer, you just got to figure out, especially for MLS, you got to do something like this and just keep the momentum going. Think about a club like Nashville FC. They got two games. They got all super excited and every momentum they had built is going away. Now, it's great to hear Chris say that in, you know, amongst the supporters groups, they're just waiting. They're ready to pounce. And it sounds like well, when things go back to the stadium, it might even be better than the first ever um, game here in Nashville, which is great to hear. But, yeah, I mean, dude, the MLS has done so much to go to the sport in the last decade or so. We just need to find something to keep the momentum going. I was going
1: to say, it's not necessarily trying to match the Original projected revenue, but just having any outright revenue. Period. Because the thing with MLS, I mean, we can't we can't allow our perspective to you know bunch when, it t- when you take a look at the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA. We cannot allow MLS to get into that category because of how MLS is constructed. Obviously, we've seen we've seen the reports from ESPN, The Athletic. We know in terms of how MLS, and particularly its clubs, on average, receive their revenue, receive that, that income. I mean, it's coming from match-day experience. I mean, they have they don't have the, the, the lucrative, you know, super lucrative TV partnerships that the NFL does or the NBA does. I mean, a lot of it is the in-person game-day experience. So that's the reason why I said, you know, there's a limited amount of space here, but that is the opportunity to... I guess avoid any hardship on particular players, particular staff and still being able to put a good product on the field. Now, is that necessarily going is that necessarily completely realistic? I'm not saying that. I think there's a large possibility that, you know, we're gonna just see games being played in empty stadiums and they're gonna still be in that regional construct, if you will, where, you know, not every team is gonna be playing at home, but at least there are gonna be games being played. Um But in terms of revenue, of course they're not. I don't think, there's no way that MLS clubs, whether it be Nashville, or other, can make up the revenue of missing games from half of March, all of April, May, June, July, and August, and even September possibly. So the way I look at it is, you know, if we can at least get to the fall and have some games, have a regional tournament, and, you know, obviously it's the optimism in me that says, you know, I would like to see fans but I don't necessarily think that's a completely realistic possibility.
2: Uh, the the sports philosopher and me wants to, wants to question whether or not there really even needs to be a conclusion to a season that only had two games. Is the revenue in your guys' is, and it seems like it is. Is the revenue the only reason to try to con, to try to play a thirty t a twenty five twenty 28 game tournament here? In, in November because it seems like you're trying to shoehorn in something that really doesn't fit the mold. I, I understand this is a, a, a time where there is no plan here that's, that's been laid out by another league 15, 20 years ago. This is, this is uncharted territory. But, but to me, I don't see the reason to try to shoehorn in a tournament like that Je- unless unless there is some reason to 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 grab a significant portion of the revenue that they're going to miss, regardless. And the way of I
1: see it is the way I see it is you're taking a look at things that are happening off the pitch that are very relevant to the ownership and the teams themselves in the respective markets. Taking a look at now these are these are good points that a lot of a lot of reporters have have been making and that I that I've made as well in terms of soccer specific stadiums going up in you know, downtowns and, and, and around these MLS markets, taking a look at expansion fees, you know, clubs that have been you know, recently introduced in the past two to three years that are still making that transition and trying to grow that, that long route into the league. I mean, a lot of these things, a lot of these payments, a lot of this, this investment is really dependent on what they're doing in the you know, immediate future. Um, and in the present as well so if we're taking a look at possibly you know having no matches for six months as of right now in late April I mean that's gonna be a big big detriment and so that 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 probably is the biggest thing I mean of course yeah revenue is is, is the biggest factor but I think it's more than just trying to earn money I think it's trying to cover costs that are, are, are pretty hefty you know take a look at expansion fees that are ramping up you know, Year by year, from 200 to 250, and going towards 300 billion, and then obviously you have got, you know, soccer stadiums, national PCs, they know 335 million in total cost. So, in, in terms of, of revenue, I think the immediate
0: future in the present is, is, is dependent on trying to cover those costs. I'm going to I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, I don't think they reason can shoot on this has anything to do with economics or revenue. Um, I think it's more for relevancy. You and know, we talked about this when we talked our first uh, podcast. You know, I'm assuming that there would be an opportunity to play thermos because doctors and health professionals have all said that it's okay to play. If you come to the fall and there is the start of football, college and NFL, and you have also um, basketball about to restart, you don't want to be not being able to have your brand, your sport, your league, your team in that same area or arena um, competing with Um, Like, if you have gone, let's say, 10 months, 9 months, 8 months without any game in your sport when other games are restarting, that really hurts the league and the momentum they built. Financially, it's a lot. Even if they play the tournament, it's a lot. But to me, it's more about the aspects of being able for fans to connect again with the sport uh, in some sort of way, uh, beyond the creative way, that, in the creative way that some teams have done so with their the EMLS and all those things, um, the watch replay some physical, tangible way for, to connect with current fans, with current games, and to save elements with other sports.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen for the past couple of weeks, so FIFA... And um, you know, EA Sports have, you know, collaborated to put programming on ESPN, ESPN2 um, throughout the day. I think that's something that you know we've, we've been able to see in, in previous, whether being able to stream it. But I think trying to find any opportunity, whether it's EMLS, as Heinrich mentioned, or some sort of, of programming to to get eyeballs on MLS. I mean, that's you, you've got to continue to do that. I would, I would still think though. I mean. Without six, seven, to almost ten months, there's certainly going to be some financial hardship, particularly the player salaries and, and, and club staff as well. Producer Nick, what
2: do you think? I feel so bad for, for the the club, especially Nashville SC. They had all the momentum with the stadium success that they finally got in. You know, got shovels into the ground and uh, the demolition started. You have the success of the opening game. Uh, they hadn't had they hadn't had point success on the field, but they have looked certainly competent enough to be competitive in what would have been the 2020 season and there are, there are a lot of people there who probably feel pretty pretty bummed out that they had this momentum they 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 did their job going up to when the season was postponed and and I feel really bad for those those uh, those people working. For natural, I see the people behind the scenes just as much as the people that are front-facing, who are the players and the uh, the, the GM Mike Jacobs, the coach Gary Smith, and the owners. I, I feel bad for just as bad for the people behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are reports going out as well with you know the athletic ESPN that the take would not affect you know players who have MLS contracts that are valued under a hundred thousand dollars, but it would take a significant amount of paychecks. Um, from those who are earning more than $100,000 and put them under the $100,000 threshold. But, I mean, of course, this, this takes effect into, the, as you mentioned, Nick, you know, the club staff as well, you know, the non-technical, non-playing staff. Um, you know, this, is a, this is a league-wide thing, which, you know, I may, I mean, you, you, you've got the perspective to speak on this. I mean, how much of a detriment would that be in terms of continuously trying to advance MLS and advance American soccer? Yet you know you have this this cut you know, that 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 you have to endure.
0: You now if I'm a front office employee uh, uh, that's on a salary between forty to seventy five thousand, and you're furloughed or you are asked to take a pay cut, that really impacts your cost of living. Um, and not to not to talk about sort of how it impacts so how you go about your job whether it selling tickets, or marketing, to grow, to grow the team. Um, and that's, uh, I mean, I've kept I've a close watch, and I'm very thankful for owners that stepped up uh, and said that they're going to take care of their staff and can give them uh, full pay because much of the players, I mean, there's a lot of people in those front office that are not making the $100,000 or $200,000 uh, to be able to live. And there are a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck, like most Americans right now. Um, so when you have an owner who's in a situation to take care of their
2: staff, uh, both playing and non-playing, uh, I think
0: that's
1: been really great. And, and to put it, and to yeah, put of it, of course, you know, club, clubs like Columbus Crew and RSL have already made those furloughs and those pay cuts.
2: And to put it in context, uh, I believe most, if not all, Major League Baseball teams have said we are going to pay all of our employees through it's either May or June thirtieth. And they've been front-facing with that and saying that this is something that we're going to do. Obviously, the financials are totally different in MLB than they are in MLS. But it would be it, it it is something that I think would be on the minds of a lot of people is how how these clubs are handling the people that that work for them.
1: All right, guys, we're closing up the episode. Any any last thoughts? And then, of course, we're going to get into you know what well, when when do you guys think that this league is, is going to come back?
2: I think it's 2021 I don't think they play another game this season this year this calendar year and I hate that I really do but I think that's what's what what's going to happen and even then no
0: second there's no second wave now that some states are reopening uh, here in Tennessee so there's no second wave of this pandemic uh, it'd be great to see it somewhere in the fall uh, towards the end of fall uh, but if we see a second wave on the I' I'm, I'm, I'm Make,
2: you know, nothing complaints anyone. And,
0: part, and that's the we really, really we really got yeah, we really got model our science with our and our expertise
1: you know, this. Indeed, and that's the biggest concern. I think for me, obviously you've got places and beach you know, public places like beaches and parks and, and places like Florida and South Florida Orange County and, and Los Angeles, California, who are opening beaches and are opening parks and are opening, you know, public spaces which could ignite New hotspots, new places, and as you said, to to become an, a collective a new ultimate second wave of this virus, which would pretty much kill all of our ambitions as, as media and, and as you know, fans of soccer or any sport or pretty much any activity. Um, so, with with saying that, I think if there could be some some control on and how we can reopen this country and, and how governors and, and jurisdiction in, in local parts of this country can and oversee that, I think if this is regulated, I I do predict that we could have a November tournament that MLS could could host some sort of postseason regional competition. Of course, it would not be a round-robin. It would not be what everyone has expected at an MLS in the 2020 season, but I do believe that there could be possibility of having an MLS Cup champion in the calendar year. But, you know, of course, that is really up to this second wave. And as Chris mentioned, you know, he said, you know, we, we don't know. Everything's up in the air. We shall see. But you know, thanks to you guys. I appreciate Jaime coming back on the show. I mean, let's, let's go round two. I want to go round two for next episode. And of course, thanks to producer Nick as well, launching us and keeping us uh, constructed and collected on this episode. He'll have it ready for all of us uh, coming soon. All right. That is pretty much it. That is it for us. This is Plugged In, a Nashville Soccer Podcast. Peace, prosperity, stay at home. We'll see you next time.